I'm tired of these unresolved election matters that are going on in our country. I just wish somebody that knew what they were doing would lead us. I just want peace. I just want fairness. I want justice. When is this going to happen? Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury and Wyoming Valley. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski. I want to thank you for tuning in to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program, then look for God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform at 10 a.m. every Sunday where these are uploaded, and you'll find other content on there as well. You can find us at godsresistance.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like, follow, and turn on the notifications for helpful spiritual content. You can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. I'd like to continue with another Christmas-themed message. I know it's two days after Christmas, but this passage of scripture is very much applicable to where we find ourselves as a nation. And then if we're trying to seek out the face of God, if we're trying to get hope, if we're trying to get peace, if we're trying to get direction, then these scriptures will help us. And it's fine, found excuse me, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That is Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. So here we are in the midst of still figuring out what's going on with elections. At least uh, I'm recording this uh, a week before it's going to be aired. So I don't know what will transpire in between the times, but I know that a lot of thoughts are, are happening in our minds concerning it. We want the person who's the powerful leader. We want them to be the leader. We want the person who has all the smarts and who has the know-how to be at the top. We want the fair and the just person. We will traverse the entire nation looking for this person. Why? Things are broken. Things are a mess. We want justice. We want truth. We want righteousness. We want things to be fixed. And we're looking for answers somewhere. The thing with God is that he's not always doing things in the way that we as people think he should. In other words, if I was in God's stead, I may do it like this. 
but God's ways are different than ours. 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29 tells us, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So that's where we land ourselves. We were told in this scripture, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. A child? What's a child going to do? Well, let's think about children for a moment. Think about when a child is born into a family. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a soon-to-be parent. Maybe your children are much older and they're out of the house. But you remember the day when the child was born. That child, especially the the firstborn child that you have, because you're so new and brand new to being a parent, is the joy of the parents. The moment that a child is born and comes out into the world and you look at this child, you think to yourself, I made this. I did this. This is my child. I'm going to have to take care of this. And so, that's exactly what happens. You, tra- you take care of this child. The tremendous responsibility is now laid in your hands as a parent. And yet, it's such a joy. You look in this life that wasn't there before it is now there right before you, right before your face. And it's the joy of the parents. It's the joy of the extended family. I remember when, uh, uh, when we had our firstborn, my in-laws, they showed up right in the morning. They want to see this baby. My parents, the same thing. It was the joy that there was a grandchild now. The extended family wants to see this child. And that is generally the extent of the effect. What I mean by that is we have those joys when the child's first born, but that first joy, that initial joy fades in the humdrum of life. Because now this child starts to become independent. Now this child may cross your will. Now the responsibility of this child is yours. You have to train this child. You have to discipline the child. You have to correct the child. You have to show them the right way to go from being a toddler all the way up until they leave your home. And so those initial joys fade, even though there's a deep lasting joy because you want to help this child to succeed, the initial part of it fades. But the joy was there right in the beginning. I think all of us can see that and relate. So when we think about a promise being made by God to us, saying, for unto us a child is born, and seeming to put so much hope in this child, so much is at stake. Really, what can a baby do? Children, in the place of rulership, were a shame, according to the Bible. Isaiah 3.12, as for my people, Children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. Parents are now wrapped around their children's finger. You can tell when you go in the grocery store. Parent tells the child, no, you can't get this, you cannot have this. The child does not like that answer, throws a temper tantrum, throws a fit in the store, makes a big scene, and to stop the embarrassment, 
The parent then gives the child the very thing they told them that they were not going to have, and the child has just trained the parent to obey them and their whims and their wishes. And child's children at large in our day are even more spoiled than they were 50 years ago. And you can, you can find that out just by talking to people that are older, talking about what it was like when they were younger. But we find that yet, in still, all, still, in spite of all that, there's still a lot of hope in a child, according to God and his promise. So why so much hope in a child? Well, this child is born unto us. This, this child has become flesh and come into the world. And what an entrance for a king divine. Out of all the entrances that God himself could make into this world, he chose to make himself vulnerable and come in the flesh as a baby. This hymn expresses it well by Charles Wesley. Let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree, to praise and songs divine, the incarnate deity. Our God contracted to a span, that is the span of our hand, the width of our hand, incomprehensibly, incomprehensibly made man. He laid his glory by, he wrapped him in our clay, unmarked by human eye, the latent Godhead lay. Infant of days he here became and bore the mild Emmanuel's name. See in that infant's face the depths of deity, and labor while ye gaze to sound the mystery. In vain, ye angels, gaze no more, but fall and silently adore. Unsearchable the love that hath the Savior brought. The grace is far above of men or angels' thought. Suffice for us that God, we know, our God is manifest below. He deigns in flesh to appear widest extremes to join, to bring our vileness near, and make us all divine, and we the life of God shall know, for God is manifest below. We read later in the scriptures, Peter and some of the apostles are gathered in a room and they pray after they had just been beaten publicly for preaching Jesus. They prayed, in the name of thy holy child Jesus, grant us the ability to do miracles, to do wonders in front of people that they would repent and turn themselves to you. So this child, though we may think, what's, what's in a child for us? What is a child going to do? This child has the power and the authority of heaven. But we said, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. Another element for us to concern ourselves with. Often, who your parents are gives much credence to you as a child. Think about it if I just say the name William. You may say, William, great. I know somebody named William. I know Bill. But if I say William, son of Prince Charles of Wales, that changes everything, doesn't it? This, this child's father has suddenly made this child rise up in importance. Humanly, the child that's spoken of here in this prophecy was the son of Mary and Joseph of Nazareth. That's humanly speaking. Miraculously, however, the child was not conceived through the normal means of a man and woman being intimate with one another, but miraculously, the Holy Ghost made that Mary conceive this child in her womb, and he is called the only begotten Son of God. 
Remember what I said just a moment ago, who our parents are gives credence to who we are. So now this child, this holy child, we're told is the son of the most high God. It, this child now, it has, he has just inexpressible hope and power in him now that we see who his father is, so to speak. And the honor is conferred by the father to the son, especially in Jewish culture. The firstborn child was the one that got the inheritance, a double portion of the father's inheritance. The honor was conferred by the father to the son and the same with God himself. Uh, Another place in scripture helps us to see the importance and the authority of this child that is born unto us. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. That's from Psalm 2. So we find that this child is going to be king over all. And he is going to have the judgment in the last day. He will, make all, he will laugh at all the attempts of mankind to try to subvert his power. So what does this son have to do with us? We're told that this son is given to us as a gift. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. This son is for you. This son is for me. This child is for me. And think about it. This child didn't grow up in a regal setting. He grew up in Nazareth, which is a very poor town, very poor place. His parents were poor people. His father was a carpenter. His mother was a home uh, keeper at home. And obviously, that, is, that means a whole lot. Uh, Uh, The meaning of that is a whole lot more different than what we would think of today because so much was upon them as they had to try and work for their livelihood. But Jesus is born into this lowly place. He wasn't born inside of a palace. He was born inside of a stable where there were dirty animals and all in another small town in Bethlehem. And there, the king of glory comes in this vulnerable position as a human being in the flesh with parents who are of zero reputation so far as this world is concerned, and yet God's ways are not our ways. Remember when I said that in the beginning? God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound those people that would be looking for pride and station and other uh, things of this life. God chooses those things to confound the wise because he has a greater plan. He's not going to work with the same scorecard that we as people would use. Not only unto us is a child born and unto us a son is given. We're told the greater importance of who this one is and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government of what, you might ask? Well, first of all, it's a government that's prepared of God. It's a government that's eternally conceived and sovereignly arranged. 
unlike all earthly potentates, he, this king, this child, this son, wears sovereignty as a robe everlastingly befitting him, says the commentator Whedon. This is not just an earthly kingdom. This is God the Father's kingdom given to him. He is to be the king over all existence. It says that there is no power that's equal to him or greater than him. All powers in heaven and in earth shall bow at Jesus' feet, calling him King of kings and Lord of lords, confessing that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This son, this child, is the king of all existence. Why? Why does that even matter to us? Who on this earth rules in absolute mercy, fairness, justice, and love? Who does that? We have problems with people that are inside of government even right now. Some people think that there's election fraud, so they are thinking, why are these people working in such an underhanded manner? Why are they not doing their job and why aren't they doing it right? Why are they doing things for money and not for the people? The other side says, well, this person's corrupt. They do these corrupt. I mean, the accusations are back and forth. There's crooked people, uh, both Republicans and Democrats. There's crooked people inside of our government. And we're upset at that. And rightfully so, we should be. You know, when we want justice for ourselves, or we want justice for ourselves because we don't like to be done wrong, right? But God wants us to be just all the time. So who else in this world? Rules in absolute mercy, fairness, justice, and love. But this son, this child that is to be born. Eden's lost, so we don't have this perfect place anymore. We've got a mess on our hands. And the only one fit for the everlasting reign over a new heaven and earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, where it's all righteousness and there is no taint of sin, who else can do that? but the perfect son of God, God that has come in the flesh. Who else can do that but him? The answer is obviously no one. No one can do that. In this time that we live in, where sin has cursed this world in the hearts of people, and we can look around us and we can see the decay that is just in creation. You know, we die, we get older, we fall apart. Trees, they fall down, they rot. You know, water is polluted, all sorts of different things. We see the decay and destruction all around us, and we're thinking, who's going to fix all this? And that's natural in some sense. We want it to be fixed. So we look around, we ask this guy, will you fix it? This person over here, are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? We want to know who's going to fix it. And we put our hope and our trust inside of these people. And to a certain extent, that is our responsibility. We want to elect the right people for the right job, but ultimately, they're made of the same flesh and blood that you and I are, and they will fail, just like you and I have failed, and probably still yet will fail. We don't want to do it intentionally, and quite frankly, some people do do fail intentionally and do what's wrong. And then we get so cynical, we say, what's the use? And we want to throw our hands up in the air. But there is somebody who can rule all existence in absolute mercy, absolute fairness, absolute justice, and absolute love, and it's in the promise. For unto us a son is given, uh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. There is a glorious eternity that God has planned 
that we cannot now fully conceive. And so though everything looks like it's shaking and reeling and rocking back and forth at the moment, it's all heading towards the consummation when Jesus will return and visibly be seen as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, though he has all that authority right now. He is working with the will of people to bring as many people into the kingdom of God before the time is too late. But the government will be upon his shoulders. And listen to this. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So this cannot be ascribed to any other being in existence. Who can be called all these names in truth except this child that's born unto us, this son that is given unto us? His name shall be called Wonderful. When something's wonderful, you're struck with awe. It's absolute goodness. It's so wonderful, I don't even know what to say. I I can't even speak. What am I supposed to do about this? This is too wonderful. It's full of wonder. Speechless. He said his name shall be called Wonderful. If we got a glimpse of who Jesus really was and really is right now, we would be filled with wonder. We wouldn't know what to do. We would be in such awe. We're told his name is wonderful. He is the origin of wonderful. He is the counselor. He's not the untouchable tyrant. We've got plenty of those inside of our present day, not, um, not just lo- to our American system, but throughout the entire world, there's tyrants that rule people in such an evil and awful manner. We're told he's the counselor. He's not the untouchable tyrant. He's somebody who bends down and teaches us and guides us if we're willing to listen. Most of the time, we don't like what we hear from him because what he's trying to show us is the sin in our lives that's destroying us. And he wants to make us better people. He wants, us to, make, he wants to make us free people and pure people. But he's the counselor. He counsels us in our spirit, in our soul. Wisdom crieth out from the streets. He's also the mighty God. This divine child is one with the Father. And we'll, the next name of him, it tells us that that's in fact true. But he's glorious in power. We're told that Jesus, he's called the Word in the first chapters of John. And we're told that without him was not anything made that was made. And we're told that he is without a rival. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. He's glorious in power, the mighty God. In other words, who can go against this God? Nobody can. He is the mighty God. This child, this son is the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. This is what I was saying a moment ago. He's one with the father, the everlasting father, the oneness with God almighty. This child is God in the flesh. This is the mystery of the Godhead. When I say the Godhead, that means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's one person and yet reveals himself in three persons. One being, three persons. I don't really understand all of that. He is the paternal, unchangeable nature of God, this child. One time, one of the disciples said, Show us the Father, they said to Jesus. He said, Philip, have you not been with me so long time? You've already seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is that unchangeable nature of God in the flesh. This son, this 
this child that was born unto us, he is the everlasting father. In other words, this child, though he broke into existence where we are in a way that we can measure, where he wasn't here and then he was, he is the eternal father, the everlasting father. He always has been and ever will be. There is no beginning and there is no ending. That's why we fall down and worship. Because if there was anyone else that could be that way, well, then they might be God. But we are told he is the everlasting father. You know, if, if he had some of these powerful attributes and no, no other attributes to balance it out, he would be a terror to everyone. But he's also called the Prince of Peace. The rebellious are ruled with a rod of iron, as we were told in Psalm 2 in the beginning. But he shall carry his lambs in his bosom. To the soul that's ruined and busted and wasted and that comes humbly before God, they're not going to find somebody who rules with a rod of iron. They're going to find the most gentle, loving God that is ready to help them. This is this child born unto us and the son that is given unto us. And we're told about the success of his government. You know, right now, we don't know what's happening in our government, but we're told about a successful government that is headed our way in the end. It's said that this government has endless increase. In other words, it'll just overtake all things. And an endless increase is meaning that it is so wonderful, so beneficial. There's much good. There's prosperity. In every means, not just materially, but in everything, there's prosperity. We're told in Psalm 2, 8 through 9, this is the father saying to the son, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Those that rebel against him. There is no stopping this government. And we're told that this is an endless government with endless increase that then will be ruled with peace. First, he has to rule with the rod of iron because he has to reform, so to speak. But after that, peace. We've got a lot of political ideologies that promise us that. Marxism, communism. And yet when those people get into power, there is no reign of peace, but destruction and evil and wickedness. But this is billows of peace without bound. A mighty river that continues on of peace. An ineffable sweetness that everyone can enjoy in this endless increase of his government. What is he going to do? We're told that he's going to order it. He's going to bring stability. It's going to be splendor and beauty of a well-ordered kingdom. He will establish it with everlasting protection. He will, as sure as the, um, as sure as eternity, he will establish it. Have you ever thought that when people pass from this earth, this world presses on as if it has forgotten its tenants? Existence just continues to roll on without us? Well, this government just continues to go. Successive ages rolling again and again and again. How is all this going to happen? By judgment. He's going to judge right and wrong, and he's going to do it perfectly. He's not going to play favorites with people. He's going to bring the verdict there for us. He has impeccable discernment from the all-knowing God. He's going to be just, fairness, impartiality, equality, and by the rule of law, absolute law, not laws that are made up for a given moment. And he's going to do it eternally. There's no chance that there's going to be any ruler that usurps his power and rule. He is the everlasting king. What government are you looking for? What government 
do you want to live in? What government are you living for even right now? As long as we are alive, we do need to concern ourselves with our government here on earth. But ultimately, there is one righteous, true, and just governor and the most splendid government. There are certain political ideologies, as I had said before, that claim that we can have heaven on earth, but heaven will not come to earth until Jesus returns again and judges the world in true righteousness. Are you ready? Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. I want you to introduce yourself to me, set up a time that we can meet. I want to coach and help you further to walk with God, not because I'm some special person, but God has helped me and I can pass my knowledge along unto you and what the Bible says. Also, make sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There's more teaching and preaching for you. Uh, to help you on your journey. You can connect with others that are on their journey as well. Tell your friends about our social media accounts and tell your friends about this broadcast every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK. And above all, join the resistance. God's resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons License. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.